Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fully Grown Podcast, Ministry of Turner Christian Church. I am Pastor Jack. I am Pastor Rachel. And I'm Pastor Matt. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Fully Grown Podcast, a ministry of Turner Christian Church. I am Jack Holvey, and I am joined by my good friend, Rachel White, and we are excited to be with you today. Pastor Matt is on vacation, and so it's just us two. So we're going to have a bunch of fun having a conversation. It's always fun recording this, um, but we have free reign over the podcast today. (laughs) So we're going to have a lot of fun with it. We're excited to be with you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. One of the things we like to do on the Fully Grown Podcast is reflect on this most recent Sunday's church service. And so we're going to do just that right now, and Rachel White is going to lead us off. Well, I, I got to say my first reaction to the service was one of profound disappointment because the sermon was called The Family, and there was not a single throwaway comment about the mafia. There was not any terrible Italian accent at all. I, I'm so disappointed in you, Jack. I apologize. It just wasn't something that <laughs> crossed my mind. I think there was there are a few other things like you know twenty seven chapters of scripture on my mind that morning. So. Whatever, you're just holier than I am. But I, I got to tell you that that disappointment hung hung over the entire sermon for me. Well, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. No, I I loved it. I I loved it because um, when you take a step back and you look at that much scripture, you see the overarching threads between the stories and between the descendants of these really messed up people, um, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And and what I loved is that you had the opportunity to really shine a light on this is the sin, this is the lack of trusting God, this is walking away from God, and then this is God working in this situation, and this is grace coming to light, and here's healing and redemption and forgiveness. And... Um, and I think that's so profoundly fat powerful because um, there's really those are the really the two ways that we can view our own stories, right? As as we walk away from that and as we ponder, you know, how how do we reflect on uh, the story that God is weaving in our lives as flawed humans? When we look back on our past choices, when we see our past mistakes, um, do we uh, do we meditate on our our mistakes? Do we really sit in um, in our errors or or do we focus in on what God did even when we fell short do we mm. focus on the healing that God provided where God m- met us when we messed up how God healed the situation that we broke you know the redemption that God provided when we were hurt and um, and so I think that you know you really provided this opportunity for us to have um, that kind of reflection on our own lives well, I appreciate that because, you know, as much as it was challenging go over, going over that much scripture, it was also a blessing because I did get to look at that. You know, if it wasn't a, hey, focus on when Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery or, hey, focus on when Jacob, you know, uh, steals his brother's inheritance and his, his blessing. Um, when you focus on those stories, there's not many redeeming factors within those stories specifically. Um, but when you're looking at that much scripture, you're able to see, you know, the the forgiveness that happens and the, the redemption that happens within those stories. And so I really appreciated being able to look at those and, and also kind of look at both lenses. So I appreciate you reflecting on that. And so I appreciate you. you, man. Thanks. <laughs> so one of the things that I was reflecting on for the service on Sunday was um, just the different dynamic that it has when you're 
when you're giving the message. You know, I I try as much as possible to be fully present with people, um, but I find that difficult sometimes. And this is just kind of letting some people into into maybe a struggle that I have sometimes on su- Sunday mornings. Um, but it's hard for me when I'm also thinking about this this message that I'm giving later on in the morning, um, because you know, especially when you're going over around 30 chapters of scripture, it's like there's a lot to be thinking over and a lot to be kind of reflecting over. Um, and so it kind of, it gets difficult sometimes being present with people and being being with them. Um, and so I try as much as possible to remember, you know, it's not, I'm not supposed to just be focusing on that aspect of, of the morning, but also, you know, the entire morning and the people that are there, um, right? Because the people are, are so important um, within what we do on Sunday mornings. Um, and so that was just something that I was kind of reflecting on and something within that, that I also kind of, I was reflecting on was, you know, when I'm so focused on the message, sometimes I don't think about some of the other things that are happening within a Sunday morning. Um, and so I have to remind myself when I'm giving the message, Hey, Jack, remember this isn't the only thing happening. There are other things happening and um, the people are important and be present with them and, and think about the other things that are happening throughout the morning. Um, and so one of the things that I was reflecting on that I, I enjoyed was, you know, Frank Lloyd led us uh, in some hymns. And I, I really enjoyed that time. You know, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm obviously thankful for Matt and Casey and what they do. I'm obviously thankful for that. Um, but it also is sometimes enjoyable to, to switch things up every once in a while and, and just hearing some hymns. I love hymns. You know, I grew up in a church that sang a lot of hymns. Um, I just, I enjoy them. And uh, there was, it was enjoyable kind of talking to Frank throughout the week leading up to it of, you know, me being thankful because that's something that I would never really feel comfortable doing, leading, leading uh, worship on a Sunday morning. Um, and he was like, well, it's not my strong suit either. And I'm like, well, I appreciate you being willing to do it. And then he did it. And I was like, that was just, that was enjoyable. And I really uh, am grateful for him doing that. Yeah, so, he did fantastic. Yeah. So because on Sunday I went over so much scripture, there were definitely some holes within the story um, that I wasn't able to cover. And so one of the one of the things we like to do is to reflect on some of the stories in this and some of the parts of the story that um, we don't cover in the sermons and the messages. And so today we're going to be reflecting on the story of when Jacob wrestles with God. And we're just going to chat about that a little bit because I mentioned it on Sunday, but didn't really go into it a whole lot. But um, Rachel and I were excited to, to discuss this story. And so Rachel's going to read it for us and then we're going to get started with the conversation. So uh, we are in Genesis chapter 32, uh, starting in verse 22. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of Jabuk. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob, Jacob called the place Peniel, 
saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. I just love this story so much because it is so weird. It's so fabulously (laughs) weird. And it is, um, it's so wonderful because when we find stories in the Bible that are weird, they often make us a little uncomfortable. And so people either try to pretend that they're just simply a metaphor um, or just ignore them altogether. And those are the two avenues that people seem to take. And I would encourage you not to do that with this story. Well, any story, let's re- wrestle with it. What's actually in it first before we jump ahead? Wrestle with uh, it. Yeah. Wrestle with it. There we go. <laughs> um, and and I don't want to say that there's not fabulous places to go with this in terms of personal life application. If you're taking this story as um, a metaphor for the emotional or mental wrestling that we do with God, but I want to remind you that this is something real that happened. It is recorded for us in the book of Genesis as a, as a real story that's happened. It's, it's not told as a parable. It's not told um, in ways that suggest that, um, uh, that there was any other purpose in it except for recounting something that happened for us to both uh, understand part of Jacob's journey and his new name and then also this, uh, you know, fun little fact that why the Israelites don't eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of this combo situation. Um, and there is so much here, and we're not going to be able to touch on all of it. Um, but I, I would like to start with the fact that Jacob chose to be alone. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. He encounters God when he chooses his aloneness he um he gets up himself and he wakes everybody up and he gets them across the river and then he is alone and and not just like randomly like he's across a body of water from everybody else a small body it says it says a stream so small body of water but there's there's a physical distance between him and everybody else and that is where jacob meets god um (laughs) <laughs> and and the story is recorded in a very um in a very interesting way uh a, a very uh a very probably non-evangelistic american way uh the the writer says that um when the man saw that he could not overpower him is how is how it's worded in my NIV. Um, and if I was going to talk about someone wrestling with God, I would, one, immediately make it clear that it was supernatural, and two, never imply that God could be overpowered by a human. Mm-hmm. And so there's some really interesting, I think, cultural layers in this story and, and significance that the author is attaching to the fact that... Um, when Jacob starts this encounter, he does not know really what is happening. He's not aware that I am wrestling with God and this is, you know, the potential outcome and, and this is why I am doing it. it, it he's just wrestling with, a, with another human. Mm-hmm. Um, and that adds some interesting things to the story as well. It does, you know, and one of the things that I, I read in preparing for this this topic was um, this is a story that kind of brings up more questions than 
than answers for the questions that we already had. Um, you know, when you're reading through it, um, it, se- it does seem a bit random that Jacob would, would feel the need to go off a- alone after getting his whole family and all his belongings over, over a body of water, and then he goes off by himself. Um, you know, what's, what's the need behind that? Maybe he does just want to uh, find some alone time or, or whatever it may be. Um, but there's just so many questions that this, this story brings up, I feel like. Um, but I, I do think what we find in it is there, there's a lot of value, and there are things to, um, there are things that you know are are important and and valuable that we can find within the story that aren't necessarily just well how how does this apply to me, you know, with the talking about the story overall and you know the kind of the plan that we're going through. There are significant things that happen within just this story that apply to that that entire story, that entire plan. Um, you know, and kind of one of the things that I wanted to focus on in this conversation was the the name change from Jacob to Israel that happens within this story. Um, it's just, <laughs> I find it very interesting, kind of the, the intricate details within that name change, right? You know, and so with the name Jacob, the name Jacob, um, that was kind of a name that was given to him. Uh, obviously, that was a name that was given to him at birth. You know, that's kind of what happens. But um, there's kind of a reason behind it, right? Him and Esau were twins, and Esau was the older twin. And so um, Jacob was, he, he, it means he grasps at, grasps at the heel, right? He's holding on to the, the heel of Esau. Nonetheless, Esau is then the older, older brother um, by a few seconds, I guess, but still the older brother. And um, this grasps at the heel phrase is kind of an idiom, a Hebrew idiom for um, uh, the deceiver, a deceiver. And what we see throughout Jacob's life, uh, his early life, was that he was a deceiver, right? He um, was pretty good at, at, you know, getting Esau to give him his inheritance, his physical inheritance. He was really good at receiving the blessing in a deceiving way. Um, And so this name Jacob is kind of a... It, it defines who he is early on in his life. And so when when the person he's wrestling with, right, when they ask him, what is your name, they're essentially asking Jacob to uh, admit his guilt. Like, admit to me that you are someone who deceives others. Admit to me that this is actually who you are. And that's a really hard thing to do. I definitely don't like admitting guilt, right? That's not something that I enjoy doing. Um, but that is essentially what God is asking him to do. He's saying, admit your guilt, right? This is your name, and this kind of has defined you for so long. And so when Jacob actually admits that, when he admits his guilt, there's kind of an indication of a character change. And because of that, that blessing seems to be, uh, the blessing that God gives him is, I'm going to change your name and therefore kind of change how people look at you, how people, when they hear your name, how they how they view you. And as we know, Israel becomes the name of the nation that, that um, is kind of born from, from Jacob's descendants. And so that blessing is a very, very significant one. Um, and it's kind of one that reflects what, what seemingly is a character change in Jacob. Well, and I think it really well reflects uh, the character of God that, that when we meet God, he does not leave us as we are. Mm-hmm. And this is just a really powerful example of that. But, but there is, um, there is some, some change 
on Jacob's part, he he um, has not been a man who um, has lived a life of great integrity mm. and and great beauty and great richness with God. He's had a couple moments, but in general, he's yeah. really yep. fallen short. Yep, and um, and he has this interaction. Um, where he's wrestling with this man and uh, the man seems like he can't overpower him until he does this really cool, painful socket move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and what he says when he realizes that it was God was... I'm going to bless this place because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I feel like that's a, that's a change in Jacob because I feel like the Jacob that we've seen at other times has been so arrogant. And, um, you know, I feel like he could have been here like, man, look at me. I fought with God. Yeah. I'm so epically awesome. And instead he realizes the incredible grace and love and mercy of God mm-hmm. and how he has been met. And, um, and what a beautiful thing, yeah. you know, that that Jacob acknowledges the awesomeness of God and God says, man, I'm going to bless you. And it's yeah. going to be good. Yeah. I mean, he could have taken such pride, you know, as you kind of mentioned there. He could have just said, you know, I've I wrestled with God and, you know, I I did pretty well for myself or, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, but once God t- touches his hip socket, you know, and. <laughs> That kind of that would be a moment where if I'm Jacob, I'm like, ah, I get it. You know, like, <laughs> very easily, this could have gone very, very wrong. Um, yes. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think in that scene, God has that mercy because Jacob is kind of, you know, he's already indicated somewhat of a character change in just the idea that he's going to Esau to yeah. apologize in a sense, to say, I want to find favor in your eyes. He's He's going there to do that. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that that character change is, is already done, right? I think this scene plays a very significant role in that character change of Jacob saying, hey, I did see God and he spared me. Um, and he actually blessed me because, you know, one, my character is changing. And two, I was, you know, kind of stubborn and, and, you know, I'm not letting you go until you bless me and, and things of that nature. But um, it's just, I think more so than the kind of drawn out story of of Jacob and Esau this is a very um succinct example of Jacob's character change and therefore his kind of the change in the relationship that happens between him and God mm-hmm. and why why the nation of Israel becomes the nation of Israel mm-hmm. who would be who would be Jacob mm-hmm. um and so it's just a very yeah it's a very awesome story i really enjoy it i love that you mentioned that you know, the, the hip socket touching might've been kind of what woke him up a little bit. And, and I do think that, you know, if we were to jump to the life application portion, like, or the relatability portion, even how many times does something kind of painful have to happen for us to realize, Oh man, God is right here Mm -hmm. and God is good. Like so often we have to receive some consequences for our actions and then we go, Oh, it wakes (laughs) us up. It wakes us up. Yeah. And throughout a lot of this story, not just with Jacob, but with, you know, Isaac and and Joseph and all all of those, um, there are times where people are woken up in very significant and aggressive and hurtful ways 
of realizing that God does work in specific ways um, and that God is, is, is with us, yeah. you know, um, for Isaac being kind of woken up of like, when you lie, <laughs> you get kicked out of the land that God wanted you to stay in. Right. Um, but God was still with him even throughout that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's all sorts of stories of people being woken up and saying, Hey, uh, figure it out. Right. You know, um, I do think, uh, and something that's so interesting about this story and I, feel like you mentioned it in uh, the pre-conversation we had, Jack, was that um, it's not uh, it's not apparent that uh, Jacob is doing anything wrong in this story. Mm. Like, he doesn't necessarily um, experience that pain because he was doing something wrong. Mm. Um, he's created some time of silence for himself. It does not tell us his motivations, mm-hmm. but we can based on what he had previously said in the end of the former chapter and based on what he's about to do as he meets Esau, we can probably comfortably assume that he's pondering or preparing for what the conversation he's about to have and the scary reality of meeting with his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's created some silence for himself for, for whatever reason. In, in my mind, it's always like, like God's like a ninja, like jumped out from behind yeah. a rock and was like, ah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> probably not what happens. Probably some cultural things there that I don't understand. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's normal for pe- two people to randomly wrestle. Who knows? Um, uh, but it it never says that Jacob has done something wrong mm. here. And and sometimes going back to that, you know, that perhaps metaphorical uh, connection or the relativity uh, relatability um sometimes we experience pain when we haven't necessarily done something wrong um consequences of living in a broken world um and and i know sometimes for myself i'll experience pain in times of growth as i'm shedding part of the old self as i'm allowing god to work in me in a new way to process things to um repair things to move forward is sometimes a little bit painful yeah it really can be um you know and there are definitely situations where we can feel pain and we've done really nothing wrong um you know there's all sorts of relationships where someone inflicts pain on another person Mm -hmm. and it's through no wrongdoing of the other person um and this definitely is a story where it seems as though you know jacob's done really nothing wrong um god just kind of appears and what I found interesting is there's actually a lot of different views as to who, who in quotation marks, I'm doing the physical quotation marks with my fingers right now, who um, this person actually is that's wrestling with him. You know, some people have thought before that it's uh, it's um, like a Canaanite man, someone random kind of. Um, some people uh, believe that in, in a way that this is Jesus, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. Because he exists, you know. Uh, the <laughs> I'm Bible glad is, that you believe that Jesus the Bible exists. Is, Jack. The Bible is very clear that well, <laughs> the Bible is very clear that Jesus re- exists in the Old Testament. You know, he was yes. in the beginning. And, yes. You know. Yes. Um, so they believe that this is kind of him appearing in a different, in a way. Sure. Um, could be an angel, yep. a, a, you know, an angel of the Lord. Yeah. I think you know sometimes I, it's very valuable to think about those things and to reflect on those things and to research those things and try our best to understand them but also who that is specifically doesn't really change the foundation 
you know, the universal truth of the story, I'd say. Um, in, in general, I'd say, you know, uh, I think that there is a very real sense that this isn't a random, just normal Canaanite man. It is, yeah. There's something divine about this person. Yes. If he's able to just touch a hip socket and it, you know. Man, those Canaanites, they were yeah, magical. Yeah. So <laughs> there's no indication of that. Yeah. Up Outside of that, whether it's an angel of the Lord, you know, it's Jesus, God, somehow, some other way, that doesn't really change, I think, the the universal truth of the story of that, that Jacob saw God. Yeah, I think I do want to push back against that just a little bit. I don't know that I agree that it's very valuable to dive deep on things like that. Um, And I don't want to discourage anyone. Like if, if God have given you a, like a a research oriented mind and, um, and you want to spend a happy afternoon doing that. And I think that's just totally fine to dive deep into scripture. But, but in that, in this particular case, like we're never going to know for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Sure. Until we're, we're with Jesus face to face. Like it's not provided for us in the story. And so we never want, um, details to distract us from the message of the story yeah and so if you're like hey this is like a fun adventure and i'm gonna spend a little time on this and see what i can dig up that's great particularly if it adds any depth to the story for you but when you're like make sometimes people make a really really big deal out of things like this and and that can become the focal point and then they miss the message of the story Mm -hmm. and and where god is speaking and what god is doing in his um in his big plan and then in the plan that he's inviting us into. Yeah, yeah. And that was kind of where I was going with the, you know, it doesn't change the universal truth. And so For sure. it's yeah. not the most important thing to understand who specifically this person is. Um, you know, it can be fun. It can be an, an enjoyable. And for some people, that's that's what they want to do is they want to research things and figure sure. out what they yeah. believe on specifics, you know. But uh, I think in turn for me, that's not always the most important thing that I have on my mind. It's like what I want to understand the universal truth and why this story in general is important um and so that's kind of what i go into with that we want to thank you for joining us on the fully grown podcast and until next week we just want to wish you to stay healthy stay hopeful and go in peace to love and serve the lord